0: it's that time of the week again it's time for chit chat across the pond this is episode number 518 for january 20th 2018 and i'm your host allison sheridan this week our guest is bart bush and he is back with programming by stealth uh installment 48 of x we're gonna have fun today bart
1: i hope so um i can safely say this is the most difficult episode i've ever written oh really i hope it's easiest to understand I'm hoping that at the very least the show notes will will stand up well to being reread
2: okay, because I put good.
1: a lot of effort into getting this worded in the in the least confusing way
0: I could think of. Well, the title makes me shudder, so I think it's good that we're going over it uh this time if if it hasn't been the third or fourth time.
1: Right, and if nothing else, the, the absolute worst case scenario here is that from this point forward in time, I can say every time we get confused about this or static, they go back and have a read of forty eight again. <laughs> okay. So at the very least, we have one place where it's all together. Um, but I'm hoping that repetition is helpful. So I guess what I'm hinting at is last time I promised we go back to a game of life, but I've postponed that because I think you know knowledge consolidation, I believe, is a fancy pants term, and I think both this is a difficult concept for people to get their heads around. And static is. And strangely enough, those two, in JavaScript anyway, those two keywords are very much intertwined with each other. Hmm. Um, so we're going to start with this, and then we're going to arrive at static, and it is a logical flow all the way through.
0: Okay, I good, think. good. I believe in uh, my chat with but Dorothy Before this we morning, start with that, we get... I believe in my chat with Dorothy this morning, I used the exact words, I hate this, and this was in quotes. <laughs> <so>. <laughs>
1: Or to me, there's this, and then there's this. There's open angle bracket code, close angle bracket this, open angle bracket code, cl- <laughs> slash code, close angle bracket this. And then there's just this. Anyway, um, before we do that, of course, challenge solution time. So you get a gold star for your homework because it works absolutely perfectly. Yay!
0: Now, I do have to thank Dorothy, of course, for standing by. But but one of the things she does is she never tells me what to type. She just describes in words what's the problem with what I've done. I mean, sometimes it's check your braces, you moron. But uh, other times <laughs> it's like... Hmm. You really want to return and then try to tell it to do something else? Oh, yeah. That doesn't work, does it? So she's a she's a great uh, great tutor for me. And and by the way, I used the daylights out of her index in this episode. I just go, okay, I want to understand how to do this. Boom. There's her index, uh, reminding everybody that that is at uh, at the PBS main page, and uh, it's Which also is, buried somewhere on my website.
1: So Bartp.e. forward slash PBS. There you go. And there is also, just in case you're curious, a bartb.e forward slash TTT for taming the terminal. There we go. (laughs) Someone once taught me it's great to have these shortcut URLs. (laughs) Some very smart person. Anyway, so the first part of the assignment. So we were working on my farm. um, And the first thing I asked you to do was to simply create a new class called chicken and to choose some emoticons and basically make it make sense. So this is an extremely straightforward class. We say class Chicken extends Animal. In the constructor, we call super with. Um, you went for the big chicken head. I went for the big rooster, um, which is kind of ironic because we're going to make the rooster lay eggs. But leaving that aside, <laughs> um, I went with a corn on the cob. You went with popcorn. <laughs> your chicken is completely spoiled. Uh huh. Um, and then mine goes cluck. I forgot to check what your chicken does. I forget. Probably something. Well, it might go bock, because that's the other thing Oh, chicken. yeah, it goes
0: right.
1: squawk. Oh, squawk. Oh, no, <gasps> bock,
0: bock. That's right. I had to look up E-W. how to spell it.
1: Ooh, cool. Onomatopoeia is fun. Anyway, um, and then the only other thing to be done is inside the farm constructor, we need to throw in a comma new chicken. So we have make me a new farm with new cow, new duck, new turkey, and new chicken. So hey, Presto, we have ourselves a chicken. Uh, Then the second thing was to add ourselves a little form. Um, You and I both came to the conclusion that um, buttons were easier than drop-down menus or anything else. I didn't tell people what to do. I just said any form object you like. And it was interesting that we both came to very similar conclusions. Um, So I went with the emoticon for new and then the emoticon for the animal. I think you went for create new and then the picture of the animal, but extremely similar code. Um, and then obviously add event handlers so that when you actually click on them, they actually add new animals to the farm. And yours works perfectly, so I can only assume something, well, you something must have done right. going on underneath. Yeah, otherwise it couldn't possibly work. Um, so again, not particularly a large amount of code there. Uh, part three then was to create an egg layer class and refactor the duck and the chicken to inherit from it. So the egg layer is quite straightforward. So it's class egg layer extends animal, and in this case. At the moment, I haven't told you to actually do anything with it. So right now we're just slotting it into the middle. So its constructor simply passes everything through to animals constructor, completely unchanged. So we say constructor I, comma, E, comma, S, super I, comma, E, comma, S. So we literally just pass it clean through so, yeah, whatever yeah, that, you. Whatever you gave me, I'm going to hand up.
0: That was harder for me than I had hoped, but I did get there eventually between you and Dorothy working with me. is I tried a lot of different things to stick in there to try to say, just pass it through, just. Do it. And I finally—I think I had tried the right thing, but I must have had a typo the first time. So eventually I came back to the right answer on that I, comma, E, comma, S thing.
1: And then we need to update our duck class. So instead of saying class duck extends animal, we simply say class duck extends egg layer. And instead of class chicken extends animal, we say class chicken extends egg layer. Mm-hmm. So now we have slotted the egg layer in between in the inheritance tree. But it doesn't do anything yet. So part four of the challenge was to make, was to override the get produce function for egg layers so that all egg layers produce eggs. So that just means that we add into our egg layer extends animal class, we add function get produce and we return the emoticon for an egg. I say emoticon, I mean emoji Mm
2: -hmm.
1: for a little egg. And then I went on to say for extra credit, if you could make it so that the egg is only laid if a certain amount of time, I said 100 seconds, you felt that chickens should be popping out eggs much more quickly.
0: I didn't wait, want to wait two minutes every time to see if my code worked.
1: Fair point. Um, yes. Initially, I think I said I was thinking of five minutes or something. So I thought I'd already cut it down a lot. Anyway, 100 seconds is what I said. But it doesn't matter. The the, the principle is what matters. Um. So to make this work, the first thing I did was inside the egg layer class as constructor after our super I come E come S, I added an extra instance variable that only exists within egg layers, this. underscore last egg at, you called yours egg timer or something, new egg yeah, timer, new egg, or timer. Some, new egg timer, sensible name. Uh, and I've decided to represent there having never been an egg with a special value false, as in I have not laid any eggs. So that's the first step. So then the next thing is our get produce function needs to have some more brains added to it, so that it needs to do some mathematics basically to figure out how much time has passed since last I laid an egg. So I gave you a hint in the show notes and sort of in the hope that we're now at a stage where you can read API documentation, where instead of me having to say how it works, I can just tell you that there is a function called date.now go or tfm. <laughs> fine manual, by the way, in case anyone thinks this is me being bold. No, no. Read the fine manual. Um And what date.now does is it returns the number of milliseconds since the 1st of January 1970, which is almost a Unix timestamp, which is what I'm comfortable with, which is a number of seconds since 1970. So I like to divide date.now by 1,000 to get back seconds, because then when you're doing maths... You're dealing in seconds, and somehow my brain—no, I know exactly why. It's because I'm a physicist, and I think MKS: meters, kilometers, seconds. <laughs> That's probably why my fixation with seconds. Actually, now I think about it.
0: Well, I did have—I uh, didn't do that, and I did find myself going, "Okay, one zero zero zero. Wait, wait, ones." <laughs> <So laughs> oh, here's a little tip
1: for that, mind. actually, Alison. If you want to make your code more readable, it's perfectly fine when you're writing out these magic numbers to put, say, a hundred star one thousand. Yeah, there you go. Easier to read. Okay, yeah. you're you're making the CPU the teeniest of tiniest bit more work. But if I'm working in trying to get the number of seconds in a week or something, I will actually write into my code seven star twenty four star sixty star sixty.
0: Oh, okay, so you when and then, you look at it, you know what that number means
1: too. Exactly. Going, ah, seven days. Okay, that makes sense because otherwise, oh yeah, magic numbers are not fun. So in my case, I I tried to write my sample solution to be quite explicit because, well, it's a sample solution. So I created a variable called now UTS for Unix timestamp, which is the math dot floor of date dot now divided by a thousand. In other words, give me to the low, round down to the nearest second how long it's been since 1970. Then I'm saying that the time since last egg, so sex since last egg, so seconds since last egg, is now in Unix timestamp minus the saved value last egg at, which in your case is new egg timer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I'm saying if the last egg at is false, in other words, if I have never laid an egg, or the time since last egg is less that or greater than 100, then. Update the last egg at time to the current time and return the egg. So that way we only return our egg when it's appropriate to return our egg.
0: Yeah, that was the part where I did the return and then tried to change the time. (laughs) Mm. Doesn't work.
1: Well, it returns fine. Sure. (laughs) The update, on the other hand. What I liked
0: was as soon as she said it, I understood. I knew. Oh, yeah, I returned already. Can't do that. Well, you can, but it doesn't work.
1: So that's, that is it. That is, that is my sample solution, which is very similar to yours, with the exception that yours actually has a few less lines of code and a few different names. But logic-wise, we, we approached it very similarly, and I didn't tell you to.
0: Yeah, I had actually started down this path and then I couldn't get it to work. So I went down a different path, which was kind of working. And then Dorothy said, hey, do you want to know how I did it? And she described it to me. She, again, she didn't give me any code at all. She described it to me. And I said, OK, let me try going down that path again. And I I, I liked it better. I'm not 100 percent sure it was working completely. I, oh, the way I had done it. I was successfully getting, it would wait three cycles before it would start doing an egg, which was correct, because I did mine in five and 15 seconds. And then, yeah. uh, but then it would do eggs every five, every five seconds. So it wasn't oh. quite right. And I mentioned it and she said, well, let me tell you how I did it. And she described it in, in words and then I was able to create it so that I still felt that counted. And another approach you
1: could have taken, so maybe some of the listeners took the other approach, is you could have, instead of... Basically, you could have made a new variable called OK to lay, say this dot underscore OK to lay and set it to false. And then when you return an egg, start a timeout that writes this dot underscore OK to lay to true after a certain amount of time has passed.
0: Mm, OK. Well, that would be another way to do it. Good, then you're
1: relying on a timeout.
0: You know, uh, but as
1: I said, there's no there's no one right answer ever, right?
0: Right, right. Uh, If we're done with the homework, I wanted to squeeze in one little shout out here. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know we talk about the listeners. Not a lot of people write to us. Uh, A few people do. But uh, I just want to let you know there's someone called, uh, I think it's Arduino guy who is listening. He leaves a lot of comments on podfeed.com of posts going way back. But at one point, he he put in this little line that said something like uh, function, slime, uh, open, close parentheses, squirrely bracket, booger function, something like that. So I know he's listening. So I thought we'd give him a little shout out there. Hello. (laughs) With that note, should we move along?
1: Yes. So let us move into this. So. Explaining the word this is one of the hardest things because it always makes me think of that American Supreme Court justice. You said, I can't define pornography, but I know what it is when I see it. <laughs> as a programmer, or as a fluent programmer, you just instinctively use this and it makes sense to you. But if someone says to you, oh, OK, stop,
0: explain that to me in one
1: sentence. Not a chance.
0: Oh, Oh, I do want to say at one point I didn't have a this. And Dorothy said, you need a this. And that's why I said I hate this. And then I went and I actually wrote it by myself. That is the first this I've ever written without somebody telling me how to do it. It was a very exciting moment.
1: Progress. Yes, good. So I'm going to do my best, but I've already made my excuses up front. So there (laughs) we go. Are you expecting me to go, what? Ah. (laughs) So the first thing I want to stress is that the keyword this only makes sense within functions. So when we're going to talk about this, it's always from the point of view of the function that it's being used within. Okay, so when I, so this and a function kind of go hand in hand, right? So every this belongs to a particular function. So you might use this within a function called buggers, You might use this within a function called snot. You know, so I'm going to say, you know, from Booger's point of view, this is whatever. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. The second thing is very important. Always think of this as a placeholder because that's what it is. Okay. Nice. It's a placeholder whose value is determined at the instant the function is executed. Hmm. So until the function is executed, it doesn't know what it is. Hence it being a placeholder. And the point that the JavaScript brain has to decide what value this shall have is the point it runs the function. So if you run your function five times, it may have five different values for this, which is quite like arguments if you think about it, right? When, when you know, What value does an argument have? Well, you don't know until the function is run. Yeah. Well, you don't know what value this has until the function is run. Okay. And what determines the value of this? Well, what determines the value of this is the context in which the function was run. So at the point in time when the function name with parens appears, saying run this function now, how that is in your code will determine the value for this. And there's four possible ways it can appear in your code. And depending on those four ways, different things happen. So we're going to work through these four possible contexts. And I'm going to tell you up front, three of them we have met before. And one of them, I am using this as an excuse to teach you about. I've been wondering when I'd find an excuse to sneak these little babies in. So I found my excuse and here they come. Okay. So the way in which you call a function, the way in which you invoke a function, the way in which you execute a function, three synonyms for you there, that will determine how JavaScript calculates the value for the placeholder, this, within the function. So the simplest way to invoke a function is called direct invocation or simple call. You basically say the name of the function and nothing else. So it's my function, open prints, whatever arguments, close prints. So that is like the absolute simplest. I've made a function called buggers, and then I say buggers, open parence, close parence, semicolon, right? That is the simplest way to call a function. It's called direct invocation or simple call.
0: That's your expelramus thing, right?
1: Yes. So there's nothing, there's nothing before it. There's no my, There's no new in front of it. There's no something dot name of function. It's just a function name on its own with your parens after it. That is a simple call or direct invocation. And in that case, the value of this is entirely up to the JavaScript engine you happen to be using. So in the web browser, that will tend to be the global variable named window. In Node.js, it will be something completely different. And just to really confuse everything, there's a thing since ES5 called strict mode, which I haven't taught you about yet. But if strict mode is on, then the value of this is different to if strict mode is off. So actually, what I'm really trying to say is functions that are designed to be just called with a simple call shouldn't use this because it makes no sense. Its value could be anything depending on how the function Hmm. is used. Okay. So if your function is just going to be a standalone function that doesn't belong to a prototype that isn't a constructor, that's just a simple standalone function, don't use this because its value is going to vary wildly depending on whether you're running it in Node.js or in the browser or whether strict mode is on or strict mode is off. So basically as far as I'm concerned, it's technically the the placeholder exists but as far as I'm concerned, if it's a simple function that's not part of a prototype or anything, I do not use this ever, because okay. all it's going to do is give me bugs.
0: <laughs> if you want to go bug catching, go for yeah. it. Okay.
1: So in a simple call, direct invocation, know this. So indirect invocation means anything where the period operator comes into play, or the dot operator, depending on whether you, which side of the Atlantic you live on. So my object dot my function. That's an indirect invocation because the name of your function appears directly to the right of the dot operator and something appears directly to the left of that operator. And the something to the left is vitally important because whatever it is on the left of that dot, that is what the value of this will be. Hmm. So if you say my object dot my function, then within my function, this will be my object. If you say "my class dot my function," then within the function, this will be my class." Whatever mm-hmm. is to the left of that dot is what this becomes in an indirect invocation, and you can recognize an indirect invocation because it's something dot the name of the function okay, and that is that is like if you could okay. take a highlighter pen to a web page, point two there is is critical, okay. The third time you have seen Wait, this, use
0: point two one more time.
1: Okay, so if the function is called by something dot name function, mm-hmm. so when you're calling the function, you say something dot name of function. That's called an indirect invocation. Oh, oh you the mean the do- entire
0: section two. I thought you meant part two of section two. Got you. No, 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 I, no, no the entire you. section two. Got you. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you. And so, All right.
1: so this will be whatever is to the left. So you're going to hear yeah. me say that a lot for the rest of this installment. Whatever was to the left, that's what this becomes. Okay. The third way you've seen this used so far is in a constructor invocation. And the way you recognize a constructor invocation is because... The magic, not the magic word, the keyword new space and then the name of the function, which is actually the name of your class or prototype. So new my class. That means we are now invoking a constructor. And when you invoke a constructor, the value of this is a reference to an empty object that is about to be built by the constructor. So the job of a constructor is to spit out an object. So... Inside a constructor, the value of this is the as yet unbuilt object, which is why you say this dot some property equals some value. This dot another property equals another value. You're literally building the object. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's sort of like just trust me. There, actually, no. You know what it's like in um, in Looney Tunes when the when the uh, uh, Roadrunner runs out into space and there's like a bridge being built out in front of him, but it's not there yeah. yet. Mm. except for the fact that his disappears at some point. Yeah.
1: So when you call the constructor with the magic, with not the a magic word, why do I keep saying magic word? K- with the keyword new, the end result is an object, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the object that you build gets handed to you as an embryo object, and then inside the constructor, that is what this is. And the idea is that you inside the constructor assemble the embryo into a baby, and then it gets mm-hmm. handed back.
0: I, I've got a better analogy. If you build it, they will come.
1: Okay, I, right. I'm always a fan of, um, oh, what's his face? Big American guy, he had an yeah. elephant called Jumbo. I
0: um, yeah. can't remember his name either. It'll come to us, all of a sudden one of us will just yell it. Oh,
1: there's listeners now screaming at iPods in random places. <laughs> when I say now, I mean at some point in the future, wibbly wobbly timey-wimey. Anyway. <laughs> uh, the last kind, so one, two, and three we've seen before. So we have never we never used the word this until we started saying something dot something, and that's because you shouldn't in a direct invocation simple call function. And then ever since we've started dealing with these prototypes and things, we've been using this, which is because of point two on an indirect invocation. The value of this is whatever to the left. Then the other place you've seen this is inside a constructor. And then this is the new object that you're in the middle of assembling. Mm-hmm. So point four, four is entirely new to you. You have never seen point four before. OK. There is a fourth way to make a function run. Which is called pro, or I have sort of made up this word. Actually, I don't really know what the proper term for is, but I'm calling it programmatic invocation. And in JavaScript, what that explicitly means is one of two functions: dot apply and dot call. And the value of this is entirely of your choosing when you use dot apply or dot call. And this does not look familiar to you because we have not done it before. So let us move on to a whole new section: programmatic function invocation with dot call and dot apply. So I'm going to repeat my favorite mantra. In JavaScript, just about everything is a function. Sorry, it's an object. That includes functions. Every function is an object. And not only is it an object, is it an object that has the prototype function with a capital F. Hmm. So the JavaScript language defines a prototype that represents what it means to be a function. And that prototype is named Function with a capital F. And that prototype provides us with some instance functions that we can apply or we can use in an indirect invocation on any function that exists. And the two we're interested in are dot .apply and dot .call. And what they allow us to do is they allow us to make a function run and we get to pass two things into both of them. So they're very, very similar with one one minor difference between them. Both of them's role in life. The, the thing they do is that they will run a function for you and allow you to specify both what value should be used for this and what arguments should be given to the function. So when you execute a function with dot .call, you get to specify I want your this value to be the first argument and then I want your arguments to be the rest.
0: Huh? So, Which is unusual. Yeah, let me let me see if I can uh, piece that together. So, if we use this capital F thing for F mm-hmm. function, then let me say it again: you get to use uh, call as call is the first argument. Becomes call this.
1: and apply are two different. Okay, so call and apply are two functions that can be applied. That can I wish I wish I
2: hadn't called it applied.
0: Can be used to make a function run. Okay, so if you use that call, let's say you can say that the first argument is going to be this, and the other arguments are just going to be arguments. Yeah. So we're and that's different. So they're not. It's not an object that we're in the process of creating, like we were in the constructor invocation.
1: Exactly. What we're saying is, I want to run this function I have, and when it's running, I want to rather than letting JavaScript figure out what value it should use for this using the rules above, the three rules above, because one of those three always applies. With call and apply, what you're saying is, I am overruling you, JavaScript, and I am telling you that in this case, the value of this is the first argument I pass you, and then the arguments are the rest of the arguments I pass you. And so the function will run, and it's this placeholder will have the value you said to have. And the reason this is so powerful is because it makes it possible to do things like jQuery, because within jQuery, I have been telling you that jQuery arranges that this will represent the current paragraph. Yeah, so when we're writing stuff, if we use p-tags, like in jQuery, we often use the keyword this in weird ways. And I tell you that the documentation says that if you say uh, dot .each or something in jQuery, then it will ensure that the value of this is represents each paragraph one by one or whatever
0: okay we we haven't written any jquery in a very long time so i don't remember that part but i take your okay word
1: well it. what i'll tell you is next time we do jquery
0: you'll say i told you so
1: <laughs> i'd say that this is how this is how it's achieving what it does okay jquery makes heavy use of call and apply to do its magic and so actually what we have to do is we actually have to rethink a little bit so we're used to thinking of a function as being a black box, which has one set of inputs, which is the arguments, and one output, which is the return value. But a function actually has two inputs. the this value and the arguments, and only one output, which is the return value. Because each time the function runs, this could be anything and the arguments could be anything. So that's two inputs.
0: Yeah. I. Part of me is is going, okay, why is this? Important, again, why aren't they just all arguments? Why is one of them being this so magical? Because without it,
1: we can't do object orientation. Okay. Well, we'll see that in action as we keep going. So okay, gonna be more examples. So right now I'm talking and then I'm gonna be showing. Okay, good. So the only difference between apply and call is how you specify the arguments. So in both cases, the first argument is this value. And then if you use apply, all the arguments need
0: to be passed as one array to the second argument. So apply wait, expects wait, wait, wait. exactly. All, wait, say that again. All of the arguments need to be passed as an array to the second argument.
1: Yeah. So apply expects exactly two arguments. Ah. The first argument saying. is at this value and the second argument is an array of arguments.
0: OK, let me let me say that.
1: Apply oh yeah! Good look at that. <laughs> yeah,
0: apply expects exactly two arguments. The first one is going to be this, and the second one is going to be an array. Yes, and it's going to take the stuff in the in this in the in the first argument, and it's going to shove it into the array for the no, second so, argument. So the
1: first argument becomes the this value within the function, right? And the second argument, that whole array, gets split up into argument zero, argument one, argument two.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Call is almost the same, but it uses variadic arguments. So the first argument is this value. The second argument becomes the first argument. The third argument becomes the second argument. What? The fourth argument becomes the third argument.
0: Okay, because the first argument is this. Yeah. Okay.
1: They're all just shifted by one. Okay. So the code snippet shows. So assuming that a function has been created with the name my function. Mm Mm-hmm. My function, as well as being a function, is also an object. And it is an object that has the prototype function with a capital F. Okay. And the prototype function with a capital F defines two instance functions, one named apply and one named call. So that means that any function that has a name, you can say whatever the name of the function is, dot apply, or whatever the name of the function is, dot call. And the effect will be that the function gets executed with the this value you specify and the arguments you specify. So if you call the function buggers, it will be buggers.apply, whatever the this value is, whatever the arguments are, mm-hmm. or buggers.call, whatever the this value is, whatever the arguments are. In both cases, the function will run and the inputs will be what you tell it to be. So the little code snippet there is identically the same. So dot apply, one argument is a string, which I have very cleverly called dummy this value. Mm-hmm. And the second argument is an array of three strings, arg1, arg2, arg3. That is exactly the same as calling call with four arguments, where the first argument is the string, the second argument is arg1, the third argument is arg2, and the fourth argument is arg3. Okay. So you it's what just I,
0: whatever syntax you prefer. You know what I love about this is, so the second argument uh is argument one uh but when you're looking at the array that's actually argument zero because it's called so it argument one <laughs> two one and zero all at the same time yeah <laughs> this is fun okay this is fun I, yes i don't actually so, think i'm lost yet okay well there's still time to make sure that doesn't happen
1: let us write a function and see this prove that this is true so I'm, I'm creating a function which I'm calling self-confess because it's simply going to tell us what's inside it.
0: <laughs> I like
2: it.
1: So the function self-confess defines two lines of code. Console.log called with this value colon. And then the second thing to log is the actual value of this. So console.log can log many things at the same time. So you just give it multiple arguments and it'll log them all. So the first thing it'll log is the string called with this value, comma, this. hmm uh-huh. Uh, then we say called with arguments, comma array dot from, and then the arguments object because the arguments object isn't a true array. So I just figured we'll convert it to a real array and then console dot log will know what to do with it. Uh, so that function now exists and it is an object. Therefore, we can we can now run that function using apply and call. So bef- because I'm going to use apply first, I'm also going to make an array called args array which is going to contain two strings, first arg and second arg. Not very exciting. So I am going to say self-confess dot apply this value comma args array. And the output, as you can see from the comments below, is called with this value, string this value, called with arguments first arg, second arg. So in other words, it has done what I said it would.
0: Okay, hold up, hold up we never okay this this always confused me when we do stuff sort of out of order so you define this function which is going to do these console.logs mm-hmm. then you turn around and you mm-hmm. say uh, you assign a variable but then you say self confess which is the name of our function dot apply mm-hmm. and and that's when it's going to turn around and go it goes back up and runs that console.log so let's mm-hmm. let's just look at the dot apply one it's mm-hmm. uh this value is a string comma args array and I don't see how that...
1: Okay, so when you're defining the function, it never runs, right? right so the function right. has not run yet when you arrive on line nine. Not
0: until you invoke it, which is you invoke it by saying it. So self-confess dot apply. But args array, args array is f- an array of first line arg, second arg. But how is that? Mm-hmm. I don't see it ever happening inside the function.
1: Okay, but inside the function, remember... Apply says the first argument will be used as the this value. So if we go back up and look at line three, we're saying console.log, what what is our this placeholder? Well, our this placeholder is this value. So the first thing that's outputted is that it received a string, this value.
0: Okay, I'm I'm lost somewhere different than where you think I'm lost. I I might also be lost there. Um, You've got... This function has two console.log calls are those the, those are yes. the two arguments of self confess no self correct self self-conf- confess doesn't name any of its arguments okay so what are its how do i what are its arguments
1: its arguments it, we access the arguments directly on line oh sugar i've just taken
0: my line numbers off Well, the line numbers uh, don't line up anyway in on, okay the, we, the, say oh, array dot
1: from, we say array.from we say array.from arguments so we're wait, taking wait, wait, all stop, the arguments
0: Stop, i'm trying to find it okay there it's like fourth-ish line. Okay. But well, It's
1: officially line four. Yes. So okay. that's where we're reading the arguments, right? We're saying take the arguments and convert them to an array and then
0: console.log them. Read up from arguments. Okay. But wh- how, where do the arguments, where are the arguments? Okay. Defined. The
1: arguments object always exists within a function. Remember, that's a special yeah. variable that yeah. exists within yeah. every yeah. function. Yep. Yeah. 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 So the arguments get defined at the point the function gets run. And we're running the function with apply. We've never run a function this way before. This is the first time you're seeing dot apply in I'm action. I'm looking
0: for the arguments. So the arguments are a string, this value, and args array. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for line, might be 10. Nine. Yeah, mine, uh, mine don't line up. I don't know why. Okay. But I don't see so 9.10 ish. Nine
1: 9.5. Yeah. 9.9 and 3 quarters, whatever. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So let args array. And then, so you define a little array and then self apply. The first argument is this value as a string, the word mm-hmm. this value. And then the second argument is args array, which you've defined on the previous line. Okay. Yeah. So now, when we so run fr- that apply, it should say,
1: it says execute self-confess. Yeah. So then we get to line three, and we... Uh, called dot with this value. To... So that means the first output we should see is called with this value, and then it should log whatever this is. And this is, if you see the first line of output, string colon this value. String. So the console.log is telling us that it has received an object of type string with the value this value.
0: Okay. What well, um.
1: So the first line of output so after yeah the first dash.
0: Li- first line of output says says called with this value co- colon which makes sense because that's the mm-hmm. I can, I can see where console.log was told to write that and the second thing should be this and mm-hmm. this should be this value mm-hmm. and it is why is it all in square brackets where did that
1: because come because the from? console dot, the console.log did that the console.log is being very descriptive and saying i have reached a string which contains the value I've never seen it value. do that that is because JavaScript automatically converts things in quotes to string objects when it feels like it. And in this case, we've, it felt... We've, it should,
0: we've console.logged strings a lot of times, and I've never seen it do that before.
2: Hmm. hmm.
1: Well, whatever gets passed as a this gets converted to an object. So JavaScript, JavaScript takes strings to objects whenever it feels like it, because everything in JavaScript is an
0: object. Okay.
2: Right. Yeah, I know it's a bit weird. Yeah, yeah it's just that, weird to bit... not
0: have seen that before and have it come up. Okay, so I have the first one down. So the second mm-hmm. one says called with arguments. Uh, why, why are we going to have four things? Did we only we only self confess? No, no, twice. we have.
1: Okay, but line twelve hasn't come yet, so that's why there's another two outputs. All right, and line wait, wait, nine oh, is wait, only wait. responsible. It's
0: going. I so the second output is from the first invocation of self confessed out of polite. Yes. Why? How did? How did it happen line four, twice?
1: Well, okay. The only okay. The, the next two lines of output are not are not from line nine. They're from line 12, which you haven't looked at yet.
0: Okay, <laughs> there's four lines of output. The first two lines yes. of output are from the first time you invoke it. Yes. Okay. So I'm looking at the second. How did it? spit out two lines oh because it has a second console.log there it is sorry yes. yeah called with arguments array from arguments and now it wrote it first sure. okay wow okay by the way this That's is like five lines you. of code that he's read to had me or six lines and i'm that was hard okay
1: right but this is there's a lot of indirection going on here right yeah we're executing we're executing a function using .apply, which we've never seen before. So the reason I've made this such a simplified example is so that the only thing you're thinking about is the new bit I'm teaching you. And there's a lot going on here, so this is good. Thinking about it is good. Okay. So now we do exactly the same thing, but using .call. So the only difference here is instead of passing the second argument as an array, we're just passing the values as what will become the first argument is the second argument, or what will become the second argument is the third argument. Mm-hmm. and the output should therefore be identical and lo and behold it is okay so dot call and dot apply do the same thing the only difference being in how you pass the arguments so either as an array or as separate arguments okay and this believe it or
0: not this will be useful <laughs> Oh, I'm just not looking forward to you saying you understood it when I told you that, but uh, it it feels no, very well, fleeting right now. Just saying,
1: and I understand that okay. because it it's this is not straightforward. There is there is a lot of indirection here, and we humans take some time to digest that. Okay, so now we're ready to bring our second uh, favorite word into the equation, which is the word static. So before we learn anything new, let's let's restate things. So. I know what you really wanted was me to be able to come out with the sentences and this is when you use static.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm not going to be able to do because if I could, then there will be no need for programmers because I could just write a program that writes programs. Yeah, um, Unfortunately, there is still an art and a craft of programming. So the best I can do is basically... Programming is building with Lego, and the best I can do is teach you what every brick is and what it does, and then you can get to build a house or a car or a gymnasium or whatever you want to build with the Lego. And at the moment, one of the bricks is a bit fuzzy, and so I'm going to do my best to make the static brick crystal.
0: Okay. And then you should be able to to use
1: it in your Lego sets. Yes, not straightforward. (laughs) Okay. So... Instance functions versus static functions, right? The thing to bear in mind is they are always, always, always indirect calls. Whenever you're calling an instance function on a prototype or a static function on a prototype, it's going to be something dot name of function. Hmm. So that means that the rule in place is always whatever to the left of the dot is, this. is what, is what the this placeholder is inside the function. Okay. And really, the, the difference between instance functions and static functions is all about what is to the left. If the thing to the left is an instance of your prototype, then it's an instance function. And if the thing to your left is the prototype itself, then it's a static function, which some people call a class function. And maybe that's not a bad thing to to start using that word. Okay. So an instance function is a class function. So the thing to the left is a class. Otherwise, the thing to the left is an instance, then it's an instance function. Anyway. I'm going to write some code so we can talk about this with something a bit more concrete instead of uh, so airy-fairy. So I am going to create a new class with the wonderful name Explainer. (laughs) Okay. And this class will contain one instance property, one instance function, one static function, and one static property. So there's one of everything. So class Explainer, constructor, initialize our instance variable. This dot instance name. So we're now inside a constructor. So in this context, this is the object we're assembling. And we're saying give that object a property with the name instance name. If you passed me an argument, we will use the argument. Otherwise, we will use the value Jane Doe. Okay. Okay, so instance name will be either whatever you passed me or Jane Doe.
0: Can I try to repeat a little bit of what you said? Yes, you can. So this is a class which is the same thing as a prototype, class called explainer. Mm-hmm. And uh, since it's a class, that means that um, this is going to apply to the instance. No, okay, no. Shoot. Wait, so okay, so
1: this only has a meaning within a function. So inside the class, there are many thises, one for every function. So we need to step further. Inside the constructor is the first time we
0: meet this. Okay, and this so that's is where we're going to be building. we we're going to be building the object. Yes. Okay. So okay. this
1: is our nascent object. This is our our embryonic object that we're assembling into the final product. So we're just simply okay, saying. And this
0: goes back to what you said was uh, you can't do object oriented programming without this. So I can remember that I need this is to build our object.
1: Yes. Because okay. this is the placeholder for the object we're building. So we're saying okay. the object we're building should be given a property with the name instance name, and the value it should be given is either the first argument to the constructor
0: or Jane Doe. Okay. So this that's all that's happening. This is the object we're building. Yes. This is the object be- we're building. Okay, good. That Thanks is true within constructors. It, by the way. That helps me a lot when I can say it.
1: Yes. So that is true within constructors. So that is true on lines four and five. Okay. Which you can't read anyway, so I don't know why I'm saying line numbers. Well,
0: other people other people can. Um, Just for everybody else, thanks. it's because I have to embiggen it to be able to read it that the line numbers stop lining up. That's how come I end up on nine and a half.
1: So the next thing we do is we create a an instance function. And the reason it's an instance function is because we have not said it is static. So unless the word static appears, the default is always to be an instance function. Okay. Um, and then all it's going to do is it's going to console.log for us, instance name equals this.instance name. So it's going to let us look at our this value. So we don't know what it is yet because I, I we don't know how the function is going to be called. So for now, we're saying this.instance name and we we'll get to see it in action in a moment. Then we're going to add a static function. And it's going to say console.log static name equals this.static static, oh, But we called so it by saying
0: static. That's how we know it's static. The other one is an instance function because it didn't say static.
1: Yes, exactly. Okay. So the default is instance. And in reality, 9 out of 10, if not 95 out of 100 of your functions will be instance functions. That's why that default is the way it is. Static yeah. is the exception. Okay. So we have now added one static property inside the constructor. We've added two functions, one instance, one, sorry, we've added one instance function. Ah, let me say all that again correctly this time. So far, we have made three things. Inside our constructor, we made an instance property called instance name. We have added an instance function called instance. (laughs) We've added a static function called static. Static. What I haven't done yet is the fourth thing I promised, which is to add a static property. So how do you add a static property? Well, the answer is you can't do it inside the class. You have to do it afterwards. We say explainer name equals the explainer class.
0: Why so do you have to do it name, outside of the constructor?
1: Because that's the or rule. I mean Them's the rules. The class? Because because you can't define variables inside the class, only inside a constructor. And by definition, a static property doesn't get isn't part of the object. So it has to be done that way. That's just the rules in JavaScript.
0: So how do I know that's a static property? Is it just because it's defined outside, therefore it is static property?
1: Almost. That is true. But the really, really important thing is what's to the left of the dot, Ah, which is the name of a class. (laughs) So I am saying insert into explainer a property of the name static name. So the property is inserted straight into the class. So that makes it static. Okay. Because a static property is a class property.
0: I think I think I'm with you. Um, I want to ask a quick question. I know we uh, I badger you a lot about the mm-hmm. the way your your tool color codes. Um, you've got two console.logs and you have typed in a string instance name equals space but it's color coded differently than static name equals space and I assume neither one of them has any meaning whatsoever. That should just be text.
1: The problem is that my little tool doesn't has no idea about string templates so that yeah. little backtick it, it doesn't, doesn't know, know what
0: to do with it. So, so yeah. it, but it's color coding it as though that's critically important. The word instance is in there. You're just using that as a way to write a. you're writing text. Yeah. Those are, okay, yeah. So good. I'm using our wanted new to understood. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So we have the dollar squirrely bracket to break out and actually print stuff. So yeah. instead of using concatenation, we're doing it the shiny new way.
0: Yeah. Yep. 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 Good. Just wanted okay. to make sure I thought I understood, wanted to verify. Okay, Perfect. so now we've so, got a static property outside, Outside, it's and it's got explainer to the left, which is our, our object name, our class name?
1: Class name. Yes. Our
0: class name. And so that makes it a static property. Yes. Okay. So,
1: so far, nothing has actually run yet, right? All we've done is build this class. Mm-hmm. So now, the next little code snippet uses our class. So the first thing we'll do is demo the static properties. So the most important thing about static things is that you do not need to create an instance of your class to use static functions or static variables.
2: Oh. So
1: because they belong to the class they don't belong to an instance they belong to the class itself so you never Even have to they're say not new
0: inside it that's interesting yeah okay.
2: so they
1: are a property of the class not, not of an object instance. okay not of an instance exactly right so, we can just straight away say console.log explainer.static name, and it will output the explainer class because that's the value the of text you put in. Right. Yeah. And then we can call our static function by saying explainer.static Because again, being static means I am attaching it to the class. So, the thing to the left is explainer. Yes? Yes. So as static fun runs, it's this placeholder is explainer. So if you look on the snippet above where we actually define static, fun, we console.log this.static name. Well this is now explainer. So we are console.logging
0: explainer.static name. Okay. okay, let me let me go through that again. Okay, so explainer.staticfn. Uh, mm-hmm. Explainer is our is our class. And mm-hmm. static fun is a static function inside the class, mm-hmm. or of the class. Mm-hmm. And that says to do console.log static name equals, and then it's going to call um, this.static name. Mm-hmm. And static name, we know what it is. Okay, we can't know what static
1: name is until we know what this is. And I'm telling you that because right. we're saying explainer.static function, this is explainer. This,
0: uh...
1: Remember, the value of no, this, this is,
0: the is the explainer class.
1: Right. Yeah. Explainer with a no,
0: capital E. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. No, right, I the thought class it was the class is named string, explainer. The, the, hang on. Explainer, capital explainer dot static. Static is working on explainer, which is the class. And mm-hmm. so this must be explainer. Mm hmm. And explainer. So why did why did it not say static name equals explainer?
1: Well, because this.static name is what it's console.logging. So this becomes explainer. So explainer.static oh. name.
0: Oh come on. Explainer dot static fun becomes explainer.static name. No, no. Inside explainer.staticfn, a a this
1: placeholder exists. And that this placeholder's value this time is explainer with a capital E, because it appeared to the left of the dot. Remember, the right. the value of this is a placeholder that has no value until the moment you execute the function. So the moment we say explainer.static, at that moment in time, the, this placeholder becomes whatever is to the left of that dot. So this time, whatever's to the left of that dot is explainer. So then when we say console.log this.static name, we're actually saying console.log explainer dot static name which we have assigned a value to explainer dot static name it's the explainer class
0: man it's that last turn right okay i I was with so this dot static name this is explainer explainer Mm -hmm. dot static name and static name i'm looking for it where was static name again line 20 oh back very last line okay so it types out the explainer. Class. Wow, that's convoluted. That's a really hard way to get there.
1: Yeah, but that's what's happening every time you say something dot name a function.
2: Hmm. Okay. All
1: right. So whatever the something is becomes the this. So explainer dot static. At that instant in time for that run through the function, this becomes explainer. I think and then I could you can say you...
0: all of this if the static property was inside the constructor. The fact that it's outside is very upsetting to me.
1: You should write a letter of complaint to the people who make JavaScript, because in other programming languages, that would not be true. And if you were writing Java, it would be nicely inside the class. But in JavaScript, we are forced to do it this way.
0: Okay, so it's 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 correct uh, morally that this upsets me. Then okay, yes, then I feel I agree with you. I agree with you. In fact, okay, good. (laughs) If you tried to justify it, I'd be all over you. But okay, as long as we're upset together, I can live with it.
1: Okay, now so. When we call class dot some, some name of function, we're calling a static function by definition. So what happens if we try to say explainer dot instance which was not declared a static? What will happen? The answer is JavaScript will say, Eh-er. in fact, it will throw a type error. Explainer dot instance fn is not a function because, in fact, explainer instance fn doesn't exist.
0: Why doesn't it exist? Because
1: instance is a property. Because instance fun is an instance function, so it only exists on instances oh, of our class. Oh, if we
0: said new uh, my explainer have, equals explainer yeah. dot fun, then we could do it. Well, we'd have to
1: say new. So we'd have to say const my explainer equals new explainer, and then we'd say right. my explainer dot instance fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, but okay. I, I'll see that error and I'll still not remember what it means. But okay. It's not the most clear error
1: in the world, and that's because of how JavaScript works. So now that we've done the static stuff, we now must create instances, because I can't demo the instance functions and the instance properties until there are instances. Right. So let's make two instances. Very imaginative. Const first instance equals new explainer Alice. Okay. Const second instance equals new explainer Bob. So now we can say console.log first instance.instance name. And so we're looking at the instance property. So the instance name is whatever was passed to the constructor. So we would expect that to print out Alice, mm-hmm. which is what it does. Then we can say first instance.instance And instance fun is going to call our instance function, which is going to console.log this.instance name. So what is the value of this? The value of this is whatever came to the left of instance. So this time, the value of this is first instance, which means it should print out instance name equals alas. Because it's hmm. fr- wherever you see this, it's now first instance.
0: I think I'm following.
1: Now we do exactly the same again, but we do it on second instance. So we say second instance that instance name. So now we're actually saying give me the instance name property of the second instance, and that's going to be Bob. Mm-hmm. And when we say second instance dot instance fun, we're calling the same function, right? It's, we're calling instance fun, but this time the thing to the left is different. It's second instance. So this time through our function, this is second instance. So now it log second instance's name, which is Bob. I think so. So that's the power of this. The same function was able to work on first instance, and it was able to work on second instance. But to do that, we had to give it a placeholder name. We had to say, whatever object it is you're manipulating, we're going to call it this. So this is a placeholder for the instance. Yeah. This is a placeholder to whatever's on the left.
0: I think, I think I'm think i with you. Excellent. Okay. Now, <laughs> again, Bart, Bart we can... heaves a sigh of relief. <laughs> yes.
1: So just like I can't call an instance function in a static way, I can't call a static function on an instance. If I say first instance dot static, it's going to go, no, I, mm. I do not have one of those because the static function is not a property of the instances.
0: Oh. It's a property
1: of the class itself. Oh. OK. So if you try access the wrong one the wrong way around, they don't, don't work. That implies something. That implies that they are completely separate things. So we can actually create an instance function called log my name, and a static function called log my name, and they will not be the same thing. They will not in any way collide with each other, and the right one will always get executed because it'll always be something different on the left. It'll always work. Mm. Therefore, class better explainer messes with Allison's head by doing that. So.
0: Are you punishing me for following along so far?
1: (laughs) No, I'm underlining the point that a static function is completely separate to an instance function. So you can have a static function with the same name as an instance function. They're not the same thing. Okay. And to prove that, I'm going to do that and they're not going to get confused. So my constructor says this.myName equals, it's exactly the same basically. It's saying either whatever you passed me or Jane Doe. We haven't changed the constructor at all. I have then changed my instance function so that its name is log my name and it console.logs instance name is this.my name. So the reason I'm typing the text instant name is so that you can see from the output which function was called because the static function is called static space log my name and it prints out static name is this.my name. And then we can tell which function ran based on the output. Yes?
0: Yeah, I'm studying it. So log my name is your is your. Is an instance function, but then there's a static function also called log my name
1: yes and they do very slightly different <laughs> i know this is this is this underlines the point that they are different okay so, so instance log my name and static log my name are separate huh so again, we can make a my name property a static property, so better explainer name equals the better explainer class. And so again, we can use our two static things without ever creating an instance. So we can say console.log better explainer.my name," and it will print out the better explainer class. And then we can say better explainer.log my name and it will print out static name is better explainer class. So how did it know to run the static function? Well, the answer is because the thing on the left is a class. So it's always going to be a static function that gets executed.
0: Let me say that so. Better explainer. Uh, dot log my name. The thing on the left is a class. So this is going to be the static function. Well, no, no, okay. no. The, no. the function- this is better, exp- better explainer. Yes. So what it's going to call is going to be the static function. Log yes. my name. Can there only be one static function?
1: No, there can be no. There can be many static functions, okay. but there can only be one static function with the name log my name. Okay. so you could have. So you could say BetterExplainer. Log my name. BetterExplainer. Fart. BetterExplainer. Brip. Okay. Better so,
0: so it went out, and so now we've got betterexplainer.logmyname, Log my name, and it's going to pull the the static property from What's out. Going? That's their yes. betterexplainer.myname. name. How did it get out there? Oh, because this It was this dot my name. Got you.
1: Yes. Yes. Exactly. So the thing on the left. Always about the thing on the left. The thing on the left is absolutely vital. It's all about the thing on the left. Wow. Okay. That's, that's the other take-home from today. The thing on the left, the thing on the left, the thing on the left. <laughs> so now we can repeat our exercise about the instance property. So again, we need instances. So first better instance is new better explainer Alicia, because Alicia is obviously better than Alice. Not sure why. Second better instance is better explainer
0: Robert, because clearly a Robert is of a higher class than a Bob. <laughs> These are constants, by the way. He didn't say that.
1: Yes, I did. I yeah, they const, could have been let, but I would Const first
0: better instance equals new better explainer Alicia. Okay.
1: Yeah. And cons second is new better explainer Robert. So console.log first better my name. So the thing to the left beca- is first better instance my name. So that's basically it's whatever we pass to the constructor, so that's just Alicia. And then we say first better instance dot log my name. So the thing to the left is an instance. So it's going to be the instance function that executes. And inside the instance function, the, this placeholder is now first better instance. So in there, when it says name, it's going to be Alicia again. So Alicia, instance name is Alicia. And then for second better instance, the same happens again, but this time, the thing on the left is second better instance, so we get Robert, instance name is Robert.
0: Yeah. I, yeah it was it's, just, this takes it was, thinking about it it's, it's it quicker it. and it also takes scrolling back up and down a couple of times to figure out which one we're calling but uh, mm-hmm. so second better instance dot log my name that's got to be the static function right
1: no, no? the second better instance, the instance is an instance uh, oh. right I've even named it so that it's clearly an instance
0: well yeah but I don't. Want, I didn't want to cheat and use that I was trying to
1: well
0: no but you, oh, that's not minute. cheating
1: but, that's not cheating, right? No,
0: no, no. But I mean using your naming convention is is relying on the name oh, okay. you gave it to understand instead of understanding. So console.log okay. second better instance dot my name. So are you saying none of those are are static?
1: There is no static here. This is the this is all instance. Because the thing on the left is an instance. So how would you know it was I an know. instance if it wasn't my name? How would you Right, you've actually asked a really good question there. So I'm actually gonna even though you're not continuing to ask me, I'm gonna answer it anyway. Okay. So assuming I hadn't named this second better instance, but I had named it Tombola, okay. how could you tell as a programmer what it was? Well, the answer is you'd have to scroll up to the point where it was defined. So you'd be looking for either a letter, a const, second better instance, and then you would say, ah, it is a new better explainer. Okay, I am an instance of better explainer. That's how you'd know.
0: Okay, so you would have to go up and look at it.
1: You would have to go up and say, okay, so second better instance is a name. What is that name attached to? Oh, I see. It's attached to a newly constructed better explainer called Robert. And the only way you could tell is by going up to see, well, what is second better instance? Oh, it's a new better explainer. It is an instance. Therefore, I know what's going on.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. So, almost done exploding your head. Well,
0: hmm. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it is possible It is possible to programmatically access the name of a class. And it is basically at the point you make a class, is when you say class boogers or class explainer or class better explainer, at that point in time, JavaScript for free, without you having to do anything, creates a property of that class, which is a static property because it belongs to the class, with the name name that contains the name. <laughs> oh good. So you can very excitedly say explain, console.log explainer.name and it will output explainer. And you can say oh. console dot better explainer dot name and it will output better explainer. So,
0: so the That's just the a class for now. That's the class and the Oh no those are both classes, weren't they? Those were yeah. both classes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Huh.
1: Um it also works with functions, by the way. So you can make a function say its own name by saying the name of the function and it will know its own name as well. <laughs> okay. It is actually slightly interesting, but only when you start doing inheritance.
2: Mm.
1: So we have looked at static functions in a plain old ordinary class, but there is also inheritance. We know that, we know that um, instance properties get inherited because we did that, you did that in your homework. Mm-hmm. Your chicken inherited everything your animal had.
0: By the way, if you use the chicken and duck and the and uh, animal and all that as your examples, that'll help me remember too, because that made a lot of sense to me, because I know a chicken's an animal.
1: Right. So the thing you may have noticed is there were no static functions inside that example, because to be honest, static functions are only about 5 to 10% of all the functions in the universe. Uh, and there just aren't any in that example. And I couldn't really think of a way to shove one in that wasn't completely stupid. Uh, I did eventually come up with a way to shove one in so that you have some homework, but it took me a lot of thinking and I have to thank Helma as well for helping me noodle it. <laughs> um, so we haven't really looked at inheriting static functions because our examples from last time didn't have any static functions to be inherited. So now we are going to look at it. And the first thing I'm going to say is that static functions are inherited. So okay. inheritance covers all types of functions, including the static ones. This is probably not shocking, but we didn't say it. So now I'm saying it.
0: Can you uh, polymorphize uh, static functions? Yes, you can.
1: So if you, again, inside the child class, say static, and then the name you of whatever it is you want to polymorphize, then it will work. Okay. Now, the value of the this is going to be whatever was on the left. So if you have, say, parent class, that's called a daddy class, and if you have child class extends daddy class, if child class doesn't polymorphize your static function, then when, it, when you call the static function on the child function, when you say child, child class dot static, whatever, mm-hmm. the code is sitting in the parent class because you've inherited it. So you didn't copy and paste it. You've just inherited it. So the actual lines of code are way up in the parent class. But the value of this will be the child class. Oh, interesting. Okay. And at that point this dot name starts to have a meaning. Yeah. Because you could have a menagerie of many different animals and all of a sudden they know what they are. Hmm. So even if you inherit a static function, it can still figure out what its child class's name is with this.name.
0: Okay. Can it figure so out that's... its parent class name?
1: Uh super.name would give you that actually. Ah. Oh. Ah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: That makes sense. So we are
1: now making an even better explainer class. <laughs> Okay, so class, even better explainer, has a constructor, Jane Doe. It's the same constructor. The constructor never changes. Log my name. That's exactly the same instance function we've seen before. So we're now adding a static function. And this time we're calling it log class name. And it is going to log my class name is this.name. So it does exactly what it says in the tin. So we're using the this placeholder and we're using this.name. So, when we call that on even better explainer, it's not very exciting, right? We say even better explainer.log class name. My class name is even better explainer. Not All exciting, right. but it is what we expect. Now we're going to create a pointless subclass. This is a child class that does nothing except inherit. <laughs> so, I have called it pointless subclass. OK, good. Class pointless subclass extends even better explainer. Okay. The constructor simply passes its argument through. So, it says constructor n super n. Okay. And that is the entire grand sum of this class. All it does is inherit. Okay. However, because it has inherited the static function, we can now say pointless subclass dot log class name. And it logs my class name is pointless subclass.
0: Okay, hang on. Uh, okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Because of the magic of the this placeholder. Because the this placeholder is whatever was to the left, and what's to the left is pointless subclass.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Now, we can also determine the name of a class that an instance belongs to. So the the class fancy pants syntax is just a wrapper for the old-fashioned way of doing things. And I think the chance is non-zero that you have expunged from your brain the old-fashioned way of doing things. And mm-hmm. I, I understand that. What I will tell you is that in the old-fashioned way of doing things, a constructor was a function with the same name as the prototype.
2: Did which means...
1: A constructor is a function with the same name as the prototype. If
0: right. you write
1: things the old-fashioned way. Okay. So that means that the constructor's dot name is the name of the prototype. Mm-hmm. There is a special variable that JavaScript shoves into every instance. So at the point you say new... JavaScript shoves into that new object that you are going to build before it actually comes into the constructor. It has already shoved into it a property with the name constructor, which is a placeholder for the constructor. So this.constructor.name will tell you the name of the class you belong to.
0: That was hard. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. But the syntax is okay, right? This.constructor.name, that is at least sensible. Yeah. Where we arrived at is something sensible, thank you.
0: Yeah, goodness. this constructor.name will give you access to the name of an instance's class. So we still yeah. use constructor, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So
1: we're going to make our better explainer a little bit better by injecting an instance function into it to log so that the instances can log the class they belong to. Okay. So we're saying log class name console.log this dot my name is an instance of the class this dot so now we can say let best instance. Hang on, hang on, equals, hang,
0: on hang on. You jumped over the top bar was the same, instance function of the instance name. You still have log my name. That, yeah,
1: the other function, yeah, we haven't taken anything out. We've just injected the one function in. We've added in the one function log class name. Everything else is identical to how it was. Okay, so console.
0: log uh this dot my name is an instance of the class, this dot constructor name. Yeah. Okay.
1: So let's see it in action, and then it'll make more sense. So I can I say know. let best instance equals new best explainer Allison. Of course. Exactly. Best instance.log class name will output Allison is an instance of the class best explainer.
0: Okay. So best instance is our uh, is our is instance, an instance of the class best explainer. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't it always be, I thought we were going to do, this wasn't any inheritance in this one. There's no inheritance yet. Okay, Okay, sorry, I was was looking for that. Okay, so log class name is what we, the function we called, and it says to say the, this dot my name, and this is.
1: Best instance.
0: Yeah, but best instance, how is that Allison?
1: Because we just said let best instance equals Ah. new best explainer Allison.
0: Okay, so the, and that's the first property? Is that why? Well, because the constructor's
1: first argument gets shoved into name.
0: Yeah, okay. I think I'm with you.
1: So we're saying name, which is the first argument to the constructor. So Allison is an instance of this.constructor.name, which is a way of reaching into your own class name. So okay. unsurprisingly, it says Allison is an instance of class better explainer.
0: Best. Oh, sorry, best explainer. Okay. Don't give me so the narrow stuff. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Best. I and mean, I very carefully chose it so that we go from Alice to Alicia to Allison. <laughs>
0: I was kind of sad when Better Explainer wasn't Allison, so I'm glad you did that. You see, there is a best explainer. So there is also we can now extend
1: best explainer. So we can have class best subclass extends best explainer. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a completely pointless subclass. It just inherits everything. Okay. Right? It's just constructor n super n. Just pass it all through. So that means it's inherited log class name. Right. So now we can make an instance of our new subclass. So let best subclass instance equals new best subclass Roberta, because Roberta being female is better than Robert. See how I'm being all PC in the modern era? Look at you. Um, So then we can say best subclass instance log class name. Now it's going to say Roberta is an instance of the class best subclass.
2: Hmm.
1: Because it's constructor was best
0: subclass. And so how are you saying we would have found um best explainer in there? What would you what would you have typed there? Best subclass instance dot super dot log class name? Super would have got you there, yeah. But would it be
1: best... no, Well you could say super.log class name, that would work. Or you could say super.constructor.name, that would wait a work. Minute, too.
0: Wait a minute. You need some other stuff around it than just super, because whose super are we talking about? Unless we say Okay, where would this line of code go? I'm saying line right after best subclass instance dot class name. Could you oh, okay. say well, then... best subclass instance dot super dot class name? You could do that. Yes. Okay. Actually you could, because the super of have... But that would be weird. But you no, know, you could. Yes, absolutely. It would work.
1: It's odd way to write the is code. But is, yes, What's yes. odd
0: about it? What would you have done? Well,
1: if I wanted, I, I would probably have written a function that accesses it and just called the function. But it's an odd thing to want to do anyway. So I guess there's no such thing as an odd way to do it. That's a fair point, really.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. So all of
1: these snippets can be run in either something like Node.js or in a cool editor that can execute code like Coderunner. That's what I was using. Uh And I have collected them all together for you and stuck them into the zip file for this installment, and I've shoved them in as pbs48a.js. So all those little snippets are in one big file, so you can play with them if you like. So now it's time for a test. So we have used lots of... um, Functions that are predefined in JavaScript, right? They were just handed to us on a plate. We didn't have to create them. They're part of the language. Right. But they're still either instances or bare functions like simple call functions or static functions, because JavaScript still has to play by the rules of JavaScript. So can we recognize what they are now that we know what we know? So it's a game of instance or static? Question mark.
0: Oh, no. Okay. Yeah.
1: So the first one I'm going to do is dot reverse. So I'll show you I remember, it's all about the context. So the context is what tells you what's going on. So I have to give you a snippet of code. So okay. the snippet of code I'm giving you is let my array equals one comma two comma three inside square brackets. So in other words, I'm making an array with the highly imaginative name myArray. Mm-hmm. And then I'm saying console.log my array dot reverse.
0: So, is dot reverse instance or static? I'm going to say instance because my array is an array, not a class.
1: Yeah. My array is an instance of array. Yeah. So you're correct. <gasps> one out of one.
0: Yay. One out of one. Okay. Keep it score.
1: Okay. So there's a function that we, I think we've seen. If you haven't seen it, welcome to it. Uh, dot test. So, again, I have to show you it in context. Without the context, you cannot possibly answer my question. Right. So, let my or e, standing for regular expression, equal to the regular expression, edge of word, booger, and then inside parens, the letter s, question mark, end of word, slash, gi. So, first off, a little bit of revision on regular expressions. What's that regular expression looking
0: like? I for? have no idea, Bart. <laughs>
1: Okay, it's looking for the word "booger" or "boogers" because question mark means zero or one instances of. Stuff. So "booger" followed by an "s" which may or may not be present is either the word "booger,"
0: okay, or the word "boogers." I thought you misspelled "boogers" because it said b boogers." But slash,
1: slash, slash b, b is word beginning? boundary. Oh
0: okay. no, it's
1: word boundary. So I don't want. So if you have some sort of weird word called "super booger" all one word, that won't get picked up because it won't be a word boundary.
0: I got you. Okay. okay.
1: It's a bit artificial.
0: That's I'll actually be honest, no, but. but that's actually a, a useful thing to know because sometimes you're saying no, I want the whole word not embedded in something else. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. I want to use that on Google
0: sometimes. <laughs>
1: oh, I, I wonder does it support that? Yeah. Interesting. Anyway. Okay. So we're saying let my regular expression or my RE, equal to this regular expression for boogers. Mm-hmm. Console.log dot log my RE dot test. I like boogers. By the way, it returns true, in case you're curious.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. But that's
1: not the question. The, the question, question is, is, is what dot, is test?
0: Is test... Instance or static? So my... So my RE is just a... That's just a variable. That's, that's got to be instance, because it's, it's not a class of its yes. own.
1: Correct. In other okay. words, my regular expression is a regular expression. So actually, it's a class, It's an instance function on the on the built-in class RegExp. Oh, okay. All regular expressions in JavaScript are RegExp's. Okay. So a key point here is "is a." When you keep when you hear yourself saying "is a," so the first time we said my Well, my array is an array. Oh, is a mm. my e is a regular expression. Is a oh, oh, instance, instance, instance. Instance.
0: Ah, okay. Okay. I'm two for two. You're two for two. Uh, I've got or a D no. so far. Yeah, we
1: should say is an instance of, if we're it's being correct. So, okay. Dot from. Now, again, I have to give you the code snippet. Let my array equals array dot from
0: arguments. Instance or static? I'd go with static because array is, is, a, uh, is a class all by itself, yeah. right? Correct.
1: And you're absolutely perfect because the thing to the left is the built-in class array with a capital mm. A. Uh, look at me i'm not cheating so you're by the three way that's well I'm, I'm trusting that you're not because i'm using <laughs> my really cool wordpress plugin for inline it's for inline spoilers but i use it for quizzes
0: yeah yeah it's perfect okay so i could get so, like a c minus now if i get the other two wrong i'm, I'm cooking with by, gas by the
1: irish grading system you're a, yeah you're already at a c a c minus here yeah okay dot to upper class and again i have to give you the context. so to uppercase. Did okay. I say to upper class? Yeah. You, you put on a monocle and a top hat, and then you're too upper upperclassed. Or when you uh, get to graduate school, you're an upper class. Oh, yeah, we don't use it that way. But yeah, that's, okay. a, that's a much friendlier use of the word upper class. Okay. Anyway, the context is let my string equals boogers, because it's you. Console.log my string dot to uppercase. Instance or static?
2: Okay, let's see. It's a little harder one interesting
0: I, fe- I've, well, I feel like that's probably an instance class is what it smells like your but feeling I'm, is correct but your feeling me, is correct but let me try to figure out why i think so i'm sort of using these lets feel like they give me an indication but there was a let oh they do I, they really
1: do right okay. because let means we're, we're creating an instance
0: yeah but when and we this, did let my array so but we didn't put the dot we we did the dot from after capital array, not after my array. So, exactly. yeah. Okay. Okay. So my instincts were correct. Okay.
1: My instincts are correct because my string is an instance of the built-in class string with a capital S. Oh. Finally, dot push. In context, let my array equals one, two, three, my array dot push four. So, my,
0: my array is an instance of the built in class array. Therefore, my array.push is an instance class. Instance function. Yeah. Instance function. Absolutely correct.
1: Yeah. Absolutely correct. Five out of five. Woohoo. And again, I, I had to work really hard to find one static function we'd actually <laughs> use. Yeah. Was and we only say, used it a few weeks ago, yeah. right? Array.from. Yeah. So, there we go. It's all about what is to the left all about what is to the left. So I'm not going to repeat myself because I think it's gone in. I so therefore I'm going to stop speaking. <laughs> I've learned this lesson. that when, when you have achieved victory, all you can do is stop break Stop talking.
2: Everything. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to set you a challenge and the starting point for your challenge is in the zip file. It's called PBS48 Challenge Starting Point. And it is exactly the same as my sample solution, except for the fact that I've edited all mentions of PBS47 out of the file. Okay. So that's really the only difference. Okay. So what I would like you to do is six whole things this time. Oh. They're not difficult, though. I've broken okay. it into little pieces for you. Last
0: week's homework was the right size. I was but able this is to work on it piece by piece, and I didn't have to. It wasn't like one giant ball. It was it was pieces that I could uh, munch on. Well, that's exactly what I've done this time
1: as well. <sighs> Keep so it up. Keep up the good chunky, work. chunky, chunky. Okay. So the first thing is I'd like you to add an instance function to the class Animal. And I'd like you to name that function species, and it should return the animal's class name. Okay. So again, I kind of told you how to do that up ahead when we were talking about our better class. Okay. You know, so I want, basically, the cow should print out cow, the dog. No, well, there is no dog. Well, wait a The minute. duck should be duck. But I oh. want you to add it to the animal class. So you've got to make use of the word oh. this, because oh. this is the placeholder. Okay. okay. Um. Then I'd like you to add an instance function to the class Farm, named Species Inventory. I noticed you had a Farm class in there that we weren't using yet. Yeah, well, there we are. So, what the Farm? What this function should do is it should loop through the array of all the animals in the farm, and it should basically count how many of each there are. So, if your farm had three ducks, uh, one sorry, three cows, one duck, two turkeys, and five chickens, it should return an object. Cow three, duck one, turkey two, chicken five. In other words, the key is the name of the animal, the value is how many of them you have. In other words, a species inventory is an inventory of how many of each species you have.
0: Okay. Right. So it that's going to be changing on screen, going splat, splat, splat every time there's Yeah,
1: so whenever you call the function, it needs to do it needs to recalculate, right?
0: Okay. Assuming somebody's pushing the buttons.
1: Yeah. But basically, so I'd like you to use the JavaScript, you can test your function using the JavaScript console. Just call it, right? So as a reminder to help you with that, I have told you that the variable that holds the farm is BartFarm. So you can inside the JavaScript console say BartFarm.speciesInventory and it should return to you how many of each animal you have. And then you can click your plus button five or six times and then say Bart farm dot species infantry, and hopefully the numbers will have changed. Hmm. You could also say Bart farm add animal new duck or whatever. Rather than using your buttons, it'll work fine. So that's okay. So we now have an inventory of species, which is available to us in the console, but it's not available to the, it's not visual. Yeah, so we need to make it visual. So that's what kind of the rest of the challenge is about. So update the farm classes constructor so that it creates an extra div on the page using jQuery. And I'll give you a little hint. There are two such divs already being created by the same constructor. So there's there's examples right next to where you're going to be doing this. And I'd like you to give this um, div the class farm inventory. So the other you'll you'll find in that constructor it's making two divs with the classes farm pasture and farm shed. So I'd like you to add a third farm inventory. So again, the example is right next to you. Then I'd like you to update the farm classes add animal function. So that after it's added the animal, it writes the current infantry into the div you've just created. That make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So every time you add animal, it's going to update the count. Because that's, well, otherwise it wouldn't be very accurate. Then, just because I wanted to find an excuse to make a static function, (laughs) you're going to add a static function named isAnimal and you're going to add that into the animal class this function should take one argument and return true if the if the argument that, that if that one argument is an instance of the class animal or any subclass of that class and I'm being helpful here by telling you instance of is your friend here hmm. you need to use the instance of operator because the instance of operator is familiar with inheritance so if you say you know, my duck equals new duck, and then you say duck instance of animal, it will return true because duck inherits from, egg layer inherits from animal. So oh. it is an instance of an animal. So the instance of operator in, in depth, is clever. That
0: instance of dot uh, egg no, no,
1: layer. No. Wait. Yeah, so duck, Yeah, so if you say my duck, let's call him Donald. Sorry,
0: my duck. So <laughs> const Donald equals new duck,
2: right? Mm-hmm. And you then can then
0: say Donald dot instance of dot egg layer would be true, and Donald instance of animal would also be true.
1: And Donald instance of duck would also be true. Right. So Donald is a duck, Donald is an egg layer, and Donald is an animal. Yeah. And the syntax is not dot, it's just thing to test space instance of space class to test against. Okay. So it would be Donald space instance of space animal, Donald space instance of space duck, whatever. But again, you can RTFM how instance of works because you now know how to do that. I proved that last week. So anyway, I'm I'm helping you out there. And then I'd like you to add a static function to the animal class named ourSameSpecies. And this function should take two arguments. If either argument is not an animal. Oh, look, we've just written a function for testing that called isAnimal, so that'll be helpful. If either is not an animal, just return false straight away. They couldn't both be the same species if one of them isn't even an animal. If they are animals, I want you to call the species function we wrote way back in step one. And if they're the
0: same, return true. And if they're different, return false.
2: Hmm.
0: That sounds fun. This is good. a really good example because it's not abstract, right? I don't have to yes. think, is a duck an animal? When I'm, when yeah, you know me. it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: That's, yeah. that's kind of why I'm so fond of the farm.
0: Yeah, I think the farm it's is intuitive. awesome. I hope the farm sticks around for a long time. I hope the farm works into the cellular automata pretty soon. <laughs> Good
1: luck. Well, okay, I'll have to have a think about that. I haven't actually decided what we're doing in the next installment yet because I wanted to see how this one went down before I made any commitments. Okay. Um, I'm I, I'm tentatively saying that this went as well as I could have hoped.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I There were very few frowns on my face. Remember we were going to have you watch me? We never did, yeah, we did that a that. few times, yeah. yeah, but no, there wasn't a lot of frowning. I don't think I pounded my head on the desk, I never muted and went, What the heck is he talking about? like I sometimes do. So, of course, I do. Um, yeah, no, this was this wasn't bad at all. I'm, I'm uh, we'll see if I can do it or recall when it, ever. It's re- right? It's practice. The
1: thing is. The show notes say the same things as I just said, only the show notes actually say it better than I said it out loud, I think. So that's why I think this is going to be one you're going to be looking up in Dorothy's index.
0: Yeah, she might want to star this one.
1: Yeah, to be honest, yeah, because we have just spent an entire installment going over just two keywords, this and static. But they're very important keywords.
0: And this is part of what makes Dorothy's index so useful is I wanted to look up this, but how do you look up this on Google? I mean, (laughs) you can even start at the MDN and you're like, what are you talking about? You know, there's no way to find it because it's Mm. everywhere. It's a terrible word. Well, in, in MDN, you would go to the
1: page on keywords and then click on the entry for this there.
0: Just, yeah, and I would have had to remember it was called a keyword because from now on I'm going to think it's a magic word, Bart. <laughs> it's a keyword. Yeah, it's
1: my bad. <laughs> that's yes. Okay. So that's just a tip, rather than uh, you should have known that. That's that's just me, basically. You know, for the record, if you ever want to look up something in MDN, it's it's helpful to know what it is because then you can go to the MDN index of, say, operators or keywords. And it will, you know, or built in classes. So if you want to look up an array with a capital A, that would be in the built-in classes because that's what it is. If you want to look instance of, that's an operator. If you want to look up this, that's a keyword.
0: Okay.
1: So even if you only remember what something is, that's enough in MDN to get you the rest of the way. And that goes for stuff like for and stuff as well, right? Because they're keywords. Yeah. And a again, lot of you can't. Sometimes i lost Google. enough that
0: I that I haven't got that uh yeah. fidelity you know i'm I'm going, what is this?
1: Well, actually, the good thing is if you search inside the m d n search box the m d n search box, unlike the Google search box, is mission specific hmm. or domain specific, so you actually can type this into the m d n search window and it will give you a sane answer, and I know this because I did it while writing these show notes,
0: ah, okay.
1: So, and it actually, that that search box is not doing a general search. That's doing an intelligent, I know you're a programmer looking for a programming thing search.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: So that's two bonus tips. Mm. So really, normally at the end, I have like a final thought to wrap it all together. But actually, since I have no idea what we're doing next, my final thought is ramblesome.
0: (laughs) Well, this has been good, Bart. uh, Like I said, I don't think I was uh, horribly lost. So I think this was, uh, we will declare this a success. Yay. A nice way to end my Saturday because it's now five minutes from the end of Saturday. All right. Thanks a lot, Bart. We'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Excellent. Well, until then, happy computing. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. This show is not supported by ads, it's supported by you. If you learn from the show, or even if you're just merely entertained by the shows, please consider supporting the show. If you go to podfeed.com, there's a big red button in the top banner that says support the show. If you click it, that will reveal to you several ways to contribute. You can pledge a monthly amount using Patreon. You can use the Amazon affiliate link for your country. You can make a one-time donation using PayPal, or you can record a listener review, which is an awesome way to contribute. You can always chat directly with me via Twitter at Podfeet or email me at Allison at Podfeet.com. You can join the conversation in Facebook by going to podfeet.com/slash Facebook or on Google Plus at PubFeed.com slash Google Plus. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.